just go to Hope Chapel, you are Hope Chapel. Okay, some people, thanks, Mark, you believe that. Do you guys believe that? That you are Hope Chapel, that you are the church, that you don't just enter a building, that we are unified as one body in Christ? I need some feedback here. I need some feedback here. Awesome. Um, you are, and because, um, you know, Carl and Ralph are gone, and so they've, they've left me in charge. I'm the big man around campus. All right. Just watch out. I'm watching you. Big brother's watching. I'm the well, I'm little brother, but... Um, um, but uh, today we actually have a really, I think, an appropriate uh, sermon, uh, appropriate teaching for what, where our church is at, because uh, we're going through some, some transitions, some things going on. And, um, and so today, um, and I'm not saying that our church is like this, but we're going to be talking about the pleasant subject about division in church. Divisions. Not multiply and divide, but dividing people. When people are, you know, they're just like one's, you know, Picking sides of who they follow, okay? Um, and I've seen this in church. How many of you guys have seen that in church? Divisions in church. It happens, okay? And so um, I'm going to start off by dividing you guys. You guys ready? Anybody watch uh, late night TV? Nobody. You guys go to bed. Everyone goes to bed at 9 o'clock. <laughs> okay, so if you hear a name that you recognize, if you don't watch late night, just, just yell and just humor me, okay? So um, how many guys actually follow or watch Leno? Woo, Leno, all right. Anybody watch Letterman? Yeah, Letterman. Awesome. Um, anybody, Conan? <laughs> One person, oh. like all embarrassed. Conan, Jimmy Fallon? Yeah, the back over there, Jimmy Fallon. Um, what's that guy, Craig something? Ferguson, the Scottish guy. I like him, he's pretty good. There's like all these other guys. Um, have I divided you guys yet? Are you guys? Because seriously, I was, I'm a big fan of late night. I've been watching late night for years. And I remember when I was growing up, um, I was a big Letterman fan. And back in the day, it's not so much now, but it was Letterman against who? It's Leno, right? It's either you like Leno or you like Letterman. And so I was a big Letterman fan. It's like, I'm a hardcore Letterman. And my boss at the time, I was doing landscaping at the time, um, good boss, great guy, you know, uh, highly respected in my eyes. And I asked, hey, what do you watch? He's all, oh, I watch Leno. And seriously, my first reaction was, oh, you're a Leno guy, huh? And literally, he went down a couple notches in my, <laughs> my book. I'm like going, yeah, you're not as cool as I thought you were, you know? And it's just immediate. Isn't it kind of funny how we make these, these decisions about people of who they follow? It's, it's kind of like I make this rash decision like, oh, you're not, ugh. Yeah, you're junk. You got to watch Letterman, you know? And so, you know what? That's great and all because, you know, these, these television um, channels and these late night shows, they're competing with one another, right? They have to, right? And you kind of have to pick sides. But you know what? Let me say one thing. That does not happen in the, in the body of Christ. Let me say one thing. That should not happen in the body of Christ. Why? It's because we're the body of Christ. We all make up one body, one, one, and we should be moving as one towards one goal, winning the world to Christ. That's our goal, amen? We should be doing that, so we shouldn't, we shouldn't be rebelling against one another. I mean, have you had any of your body parts rebel against you? Yes? Really? Like, oh, you really? Oh, oh, yeah, your stomach, right? Like, you're walking like this, and you're like, nope, your right leg's all nope. You know? I mean, your, your body doesn't rebel. Sometimes it does, right? Your stomach, I get that. But it shouldn't, right? It shouldn't be like, no, I'm not going to go where you're going to go. A body moves as one, right? And it should go, and it, it should it go towards a certain goal. And as Christians, we should be like that, amen? 
Now, let me say one thing. I'm not talking about variety in the church, right? The Big C Church, right? We're Hope Chapel. We like rock and worship, and we like, you know, practical teaching and whatever it is. There's other churches that have different styles, different ways of doing things, different styles of doing worship and teaching and all that and service. I'm not talking about variety because God loves variety. God is a creative God, and he makes variety because the more variety is, the more people are coming to Christ. Are you hearing me? I love this town of Kanyoi because there's a lot of churches in Kanyoi. I'm not sitting here as a staff member going, oh, what's New Hope going to be? Oh, New Hope doing that play? Ugh. You know, oh, Nazarene, I bought that golf course, idiots. You know, you know what I'm going, I'm celebrating. You should be, they're, they're putting on a play. That means people are going to come to Christ. Nazarene is buying a golf course. Wow, golfers are coming to the Lord. You know, I'm, I'm excited for a godly town because there's a bunch of churches. I'm not talking about, don't get me wrong, I'm not talking about, about variety. I'm talking about when those divisions happen and you're picking sides. Are you with me? You're picking sides and it divides the church and you're going, I follow here and I follow this and I believe in this and I believe in that. And let me tell you one thing, it lessens the gospel. It weakens and waters down the gospel. And the gospel in itself, right, the message is all powerful. It never changes. It's, it's a powerful thing. When I read the word of God, it's a, it's a two-edged sword. I'm not saying that the gospel, was, we weaken it. Are you, are you hearing me? We do it. It's our, when we start dividing, and it, we, we, make, we are poor representations of Christ. And what happens is, is the gospel gets weakened. And so here, Paul, we're back in 1 Corinthians, so I want you guys to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We're continuing our study in 1 Corinthians, and Paul, like the Bible is, right? He brings it. Paul is bringing it, right? He starts off, it's all, hey, church in Corinth, you guys are awesome. Um, grace and peace to you. And you know what? I have, I have a problem with you guys. He just starts off in verse 10, right? And so here in verse 10 of chapter 1, um, Paul here is bringing it to the Corinthian church. He says this. He says, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church, rather be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. For some members of Chloe's household have told me about your quarrels, uh, my dear brothers and sisters. Some of you are saying, I am a follower of Paul. Others are saying, I follow Apollos, or I follow Peter, or I follow only Christ. Has Christ been divided into factions? Was I, Paul, crucified for you? Were any of you baptized in the name of Paul? Of course not. And these are pretty powerful words. Um, I, I like Paul's style, the way he writes. He kind of did this in Romans. He, like, he, he asks these questions with like blatant, obvious answers, right? The blatant, obvious answer is, is, is Christ divided? No. Um, did I, Paul, uh, was, was Paul crucified for you? No. Were any of you baptized by me? No. He says, of course not. And his, his point is, then why are you guys arguing about it? Why are you guys picking sides? Uh, and Paul, if you actually look into the scripture, Paul reminds us, he opens it and closes it in this argument that we're brothers and sisters in Christ, right? He opens it up. I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Maybe we're not related by blood, right? Um, but we're, we're related. Actually, we are. We're related by the blood of Christ. Amen? Look, it's your brother and sister in the Lord right next to you. You are. you are. We are united as brothers and sisters in Christ. You know what? Brothers and sisters fight. That's for sure. It's a normal process. 
but we should move united as one. And he's saying, you know what? Don't pick sides. Don't pick Apollos or Peter or myself. And um, of course, right, these guys, that's what's, you know, obviously through this scripture alone, you can, you can kind of assume that's what they were going through. That's what the Corinthian church was just going, yeah, Paul, he was one of the, he's one of the best missionaries I've ever seen, right? They had right to name drop, right? Apollos, um, if you guys remember Apollos in our study of Acts, Apollos was, in Acts, was a, um, he says he was an eloquent speaker who knew the scriptures well. He was, you know, he had, which means you can actually kind of surmise that he was kind of funny, maybe he was kind of passionate, that people, like, would listen to him, you know? Um, and then Peter, of course, right, I follow Peter. Peter, people were bragging about following Peter. Why? Because he actually walked with Jesus, right? That's something to brag about. I was with Peter. I was with Jesus. I walked with him. I was one of his closest friends. I was in the inner circle, the three, right? There was the 12 disciples, but Peter was in the inner circle with Jesus, right? So people were going, well, Peter walked with Jesus. Peter walked on water. I'm going to follow him instead. Apollos and Paul, that's okay, right? And if you, if you remember, I, I think it was either Peter or Paul. They weren't as good as Apollos. Why? Because I, I don't remember which one it was, but remember the guy that fell asleep and died? Remember one of them, was it Peter? Like he was, thanks. <laughs> he was going super long and the guy's all, oh, this is good. And he fell, he fell asleep, he fell off the building and died. And then Peter looked at the guy and says, you know, get up. And he rose him from the grave. But the fact was, Peter was really boring. <laughs> right? He spoke too long and the guy fell asleep. And so, you know, he wasn't that great of a speaker, but he was preaching the word of God. Okay. And so here we are, we're, you know, they have the right, the Corinthians church have these big wig people. They have the right to go, I, I follow this guy and you don't. Ah, this guy's better. But it was dividing the church. It was weakening the gospel. And I look at our church and we could seriously, potentially have this problem. One of the reasons why is we have two pastors that are in Japan right now. <laughs> Um, we actually have co-pastors. We don't have a senior pastor. Why? Because we're in this transition, right? That Ralph, Pastor Ralph and Pastor Carl are co-pastors. They're, they're two of our senior pastors, right? And they're, they're leading. And we're in this awesome transition, which Ralph started off. He asked his own son, hey, you know what? One day you're going to, can you, do you want to take this over? And in Carl's heart, he felt, he got, he felt scared. He felt anxious, but he knew in his heart that the Holy Spirit was saying yes. One day, I will take over this church. I will, I will be the lead pastor of this church. But right now, we're kind of in the middle, and it's, I think it wisely so that we have to kind of take it slow, and they're called co-pastors. But the potential problem is what? Oh, I follow Ralph. Oh, I follow Carl. Right? I mean, let's be honest here, right? It's like, I'm on, I'm on Pastor Carl's. I like, I like the way he's young, and he's got long hair, and he's burly looking. You know, Ralph is all right. You know, Ralph... He's, he's logical. He reads a lot of books. And she does. The guy read a book about the history of salt. Come on, the guy reads some books. Okay? He's a very, one of the smartest guys I ever, I've ever known. Okay? And we can, we can say that. We can pick sides. And you know what? Some of us say, to be honest with you, say, oh, Carl's not speaking today? Oh, Tom's coming? Oh, I'm not coming to church. Oh. What, Ralph's gone? You know, because Ralph was really afraid of that sometimes. He's like, ooh, don't tell the church that I'm not coming because some people won't come. And you know what? Can I step on some toes right now? Can I? Are you giving me permission to step on some toes? Boom, 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 boom. I'm not too heavy. Um, <laughs> if you 
say to yourself, oh, I'm not going to come because, oh, it's a guest speaker, whatever it is. Oh, yeah, it's a Ralph and, oh, Ralph, oh, Ralph speaking instead of Carl, or Carl speaking instead of Ralph, or whatever it is. I want to say, if you, if you have that attitude, like, I'm going to stay home and miss out on that and go, you know, yeah, I can, I can miss out, I don't think you get it. I don't think you get it. Why? Because, you know what? We should trust our pastor's decision, whoever he puts up on the stage. We should trust the prayer team that's praying over that the Holy Spirit is here, the worship team that's leading us into worship. The Holy Spirit is here. When you come here, you experience not just the worship, right, the lights, the teaching, you experience God. We should be here for Jesus. Actually, last week, how many of you guys enjoyed Pastor Elwin? Pastor Elwin is, and let me tell you one thing about that. I love that we have these guest speakers coming in, right? I heard Pastor Elwin three times. And at this service, right, you guys watched the video, right? Let me tell you one thing. I like the video better. Seriously. I, and you know why? Because it was, it was that time when the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. I heard the same exact sermon live at the 7 a.m. service. I heard it live. And I was like, all right, that's cool. I, I sat at the 1030 service watching the same exact video. I'm crying. I was like, oh, man, he's, he's good. Man. He's speaking right to me. He spoke to the 7 a.m. service. Come on. But you know what that tells me? It's the Holy Spirit. Who cares? Who cares if it's video? Who cares? It's like the, the, hopefully the person that stands up on the stage is preaching the word of God. Because you know what? Seriously, if I suck, if you go out here and go, Tom, you're too short. I don't like you. You're too, you say too many jokes or whatever. If you, that's fine. But I'm, I'm hoping that I, I say enough scriptures, that I say enough of the word of God that it'll pierce your heart anyway. Because the, the word of God is a double-edged sword and it'll cut. And you know what? You'll be moved. And the Holy Spirit, you know what? It's the Holy Spirit that is going to compel you, is going to challenge you. It's going to convict you. It's going to encourage you. Amen? It's not, it's not about us. It's not about the person here. And, and you know what? I love the fact that Pastor Ralph and Carl believe in that, that they believe in um, even having us speak. And so, um, and you know what happens? You know what happens when we pick sides? You know, it's like, I'm on, I'm on Pastor Ralph's side. Oh, I'm on Pastor Carl's side. Like I said, the gospel gets weakened. And you, you know what it causes? It causes distractions. We get distracted. Distracted from what, you might say? winning people to Christ. We get distracted, right? I mean, think about it, right? Have you been in a theological argument before with another Christian, right? You're like, mm, I believe in this, well, I believe in this, and you're like, la, 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 right? And people that should be saved and be hearing the gospel, they're, you're losing their, the opportunity to witness to them while you're arguing with another Christian. Are you getting me? Um, you guys know I'm a soccer fan. I'm sorry I'm bringing another soccer analogy. <laughs> But here it comes. I'm bringing it. <laughs> um, there was a funny goal that I saw this season. Um, a penalty happened, um, and then the goalie had the ball. And it was a penalty against his team. So he was, what? That's a penalty. He's arguing with the ref. And he's like, no, that wasn't a penalty. He's so fervent. In the meantime, the other team grabbed the ball, right? And the, the goalie's still arguing with the referee. Puts the ball down, right? The referee bl blows the whistle. He passes to his teammate, they score a goal while their goalie is arguing with the referee. I was like, hilarious. <laughs> That's funny, right? And I was like watching it over again. I'm like, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. Awesome. You know, but you know what? Let me tell you one thing. That happens to us when we get divided and start arguing with each other. We start going, oh, I follow this and I follow that. 
because people are going to hell while we're arguing. You guys with me? That we're getting distracted. The goalie was distracted from his one goal, to protect the goal. And we get distracted from our goal of saving lives, of bringing people to Christ. And I, I'm not sure about you guys, but I don't want to get my, my purpose and my goal stolen by the enemy. I don't want the enemy to score on me, okay? Yeah, I'm not perfect. You know what? We're not a perfect church, but can we try? Can we try? Can we love each other and go, you know what? There's, we're united in purpose. Um, and then he says his answer here. He says, you know what? I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of Lord Jesus Christ, live in harmony. He says, live in harmony. Don't be divided but live in harmony. And, you know, I'm a musical guy, and I, 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 uh, I think in musical terms. So when I think harmony, I think, you know, like the four, was that the quartet? Guys like, mm, oh, my darling, oh, my, I don't know. I don't know. Any. Barbershop quartet. Those guys with the mustaches and the hats, and they sing the four-part harmonies. And it's awesome because when they, you know, they sing one note, and then they sing a different note, and four guys are singing four different notes. But when they come together, doesn't it sound awesome? It's like this, and you, you don't hear one specific note. You hear this whole combined thing of notes. And it's just like, whoa, it's a beautiful thing, right? Our worship team, Trevor. Um, they do such a great job that you don't notice, right? They practice so much and they think about the worship so much that there's not one guy in the back going, you know? There's no, there's no guy just purposely trying to sing off. Right? You notice that they're just, they got good harmony, the drums, it's all, there's nothing distracting, right? Seriously, if, if worship was bad and there was some distracting, you would, you would notice, right? But you know why? They're so good. We can brag about because you can come here and go, ooh, that's Trevor, you got an awesome voice. That's an awesome band. I'm sorry, when I come here, that's great. I notice that. But you know what? It's so not distracting that I, I worship Jesus. I went to Hillsong, okay? I'm, I'm, I, that's right. I went to Hillsong. I sat in the bleeder seats, and I saw Joel Houston, Darlene Check, big wig people in the worship, right? And I got starstruck for a little bit. I was like, oh, man, these, these are the big names. These guys some, wrote some powerful worship. These are, these are my heroes, right? They started worship. Worship was so good, I didn't care about them anymore. I was worshiping Jesus. I was in the bleeder seats going, who cares, Darlene Check is here. Jesus is in the house. Jesus is in the house, and I'm going to worship him. And you know what? As we live in harmony, what my point is, as we live in harmony, there's nothing distracting. When the world sees us, they go, whoa, what is that? They're pointing to Jesus. That looks good. I want that. And the world has to see that we live in harmony. What does the scripture say? The world will know us by our <laughs> love. <laughs> Kanani got it wrong, and she went to Bible college. Hmm, no, just, <laughs> you, you just got your coffee, Kanani, so that's okay, I forgive you. <laughs> um, and so here it is, um, let's go to verse, uh, I'll read verse 10, it says, and here's Paul, again, he does, uh, here's an answer for this division. He says, let there be no divisions in church, rather be of one mind, united in thought and purpose, of one mind, united and thought and purpose. I think those are huge, humongous words that we can kind of sometimes gloss over. It's like, oh yeah, we're united. Yeah, we're of one mind. Are we? I mean, really, are we of one mind? Are we united in thought and purpose? I don't think that's an easy goal to achieve. I think a lot of us think 
we're there. But I think, as a church, I think we, we're getting there. It's awesome. We got some ways to go. Let's do this. Let's get more united. Let's get more of one mind. And um, I think one mind, I'll, I'll attack that first one, one mind. I think being of one mind means this, is that we know exactly what God, God has called this church to do. Okay? There's some different churches out here. It's great. We have a godly town. I think God has called them for some, you know, it's the same thing, save people, but in a little different way, with a little different purpose. God has called Hope Chapel for a specific and singular thing that we're really good at. This is what Hope Chapel is all about. And, and the being of one mind as a church, as Hope Chapel, is that we would know what that is. And you know what? As a, as a, ch- a church staff, I'm telling you right now, we're trying to get more focused, going, God, what? We're asking God's heart. How many of you guys, lo- I love that song uh, that we sang today. What's it called? That one. Desperate people, right? And that last line in the chorus is chase after your heart. Hope Chapel, are we a church that wants to chase after God's heart? And are we asking, what do you want us, Hope Chapel? What do you want me as a member of Hope Chapel to do? What is that one thing that, and hopefully we get focused on that. And you know what? No, one mind is too is, is knowing what not to do as well. That we should have a, to, a not to do list of things going, ooh, that's good, but that's not God. That's, that's a good idea, but that's not Holy Spirit inspired. Are you getting me? We actually got this, and I'm a, I don't want to take credit for it. We got this idea from this book we're reading. It's called It. That's it. <laughs> it's called It. It's by uh, Craig Rochelle. And, um, the one in this example when he's saying, you know what, you should go after the God things rather than the good things. Um, one, of the God thing, uh, one of the examples he brought up was his ministry was, you know, when he started ministry, his ministry was just flourishing and all these things were happening and, and um, it was growing. They were getting leaders and people were just coming in droves and they decided to do one thing and this one thing was the downward spiral of, of their ministry. You know what it was? A bake sale. It was a bake sale. Someone decided, you know what? Hey, I have a great idea. I have a good idea. Let's raise some money by selling baked goods. Now you're thinking, how was that the downward spiral? Was that evil cookies? Like, what's going on? You know, like what happened? And it, all it was was they lost focus of where God had called them to do, like that specific ministry. I'm not saying, if you're thinking, of, oh, bake sales are evil. No, I'm not saying that. We can do bake sales if, if God has called us to do bake sales. But for their ministry, that was not what God called them to do, and they decided to do it. It was a good idea, but not a God idea. Are you hearing me? That's being of one mind that we know what to do and what not to do. Um, the next thing he says is to be united in thought and purpose. And I looked up the definition of unity, and it says here, it says made into or caused to act as a single entity. And I like this one. I chose this one for one single fact, that it's not just Unity for unity's sake. I think a lot of people say that. Oh, unity. Let's sing kumbaya behind, around the fire. Kumbaya, my Lord. We're hand to hand in unity and we're encouraging one another. That's great. We're unified. But it, it says here, it says to act as a single entity. Now that's, that's unity. You're not just encouraging each other with words, but you're actually moving and acting as one. That's a big difference. Um, how many of you guys have ever been a three-legged race before? All right, you should try it. 
You can, you can actually get really seriously hurt <laughs> doing a three-legged race. Um, I, I, I've been in a three-legged race with, I think it was Tate. I can't remember. Yeah, you do the math, right? Tate, the bass player, he's like 6'5". No, I don't, he's not that tall. But I'm pretty short, and put that together, that's, you know, that's, that's a hard thing. And when you're in a three-legged race, you can't just go off on your own. You have to adjust, right? I mean, you have to, like, you have to make room for your partner so that you guys move as well. And that is a hard thing to do. And you know what? It's not, you know, we can say all the great words before the gun goes off, right? It's all, you have some good-looking legs. You know, I'll back you up, right? We can say all these unified words, all this talk, but when, it, when the rubber meets the road and when you have to go, are you going to go? You guys hearing me? Um, in Japan, there's this phenomenon. There's this phenomenon that happened. Um, they do these things called the 31-legged race. Elementary school kids across Japan, they race. They, they, tie, they have like 30-plus people tied together and they run across gyms and try to get the best time. It's pretty amazing. I actually have a video of it. Are we ready for that? When do you guys watch this? Yeah, all right. Is that amazing? I, I seriously think they run faster than I would run. I mean, it, it's amazing. You know what I love about that? That one girl, they're like, she, I mean, she has to be, what, 10, 9? She's like super focused and just going. You know what? And, and think about it. I, I kind of thought about, like, how do they do this? They must stand in the same position every single time. They must practice. They, must, they, they have to start off slow. I've seen other videos where they're actually practicing, where they're just like this first, you know, across the thing. And then they get faster. To get to this level, I mean, this is like, it must be the, because uh, if you notice, it was like Okinawa against someone else. Right? This is like the world champions of 31-leg race, okay? <laughs> these, these guys are going fast, and these guys are good. And they're focused, and they're moving. And, and here's the thing. It's like they know the person right next to them. They know their movements. They know exactly what it is. They, they, like, they make, right, the biblical, right? They make room for each other. They make so that they can move faster, right? That they're united. They're moving as one entity. And seriously, I, I pray for us as a church, as Hope Chapel, that we would, us, as a church, would move like that, Amen. that we would move. You know what? I've seen glimpses of it. It's, it's pretty awesome that we do some mighty things. How many of you guys went to that um, when we passed out the water bottles in the community? How many of you guys went to that? There was a bunch of us there, and it was cool. We were just unified. We are just like, whoo, we're passing out bottles. It's like, here, you need water? You know, throwing me out in the back. I mean, we're just doing it, and it was awesome. We were a community, and it was cool. And I want more of that, don't you guys? That we move as one, that we move, and that we're united in one um, and one purpose. Um, and we're trying to do that, actually, as an example, as a staff, because, you know, when, when we talk in staff, we're just like, you know, we, as a staff, paid staff that are here on a daily basis, that we would be unified. You know what we're trying to do? We're, gonna ha we're trying to have fun together. 
We went to Buffalo Wild Wings. And you're thinking, you're spending our time money at Buffalo Wild Wings? Yeah, we are. <laughs> Why? Now, get, get this. Why? It's because if we're having fun together, we're enjoying where we're going. We enjoy winning the world to Christ because we're with each other and we know each other's movements and how people are kind of like whiny a little bit. Oh, he's, yeah, that kind No. Uh, <laughs> we know the strengths, we know the weaknesses, we know how we move. We want to move like that as, as a staff, but see, we want us to be united so that it would just trickle out to you guys. Amen? That we would be unified. We're having fun together. You know what? We should be, have fun together as we, as we minister to, toward each other. That's when we, people who love each other and enjoy each other's company, don't they have fun? And that's what we're trying to do. We're having fun so that we can win the world to Christ. Um, I love this verse. This is a powerful, powerful verse in Philippians 1, verse 27. And I'm going to read, I'm going to read the message version of this verse. So if it's, if it's a little different from yours, it says, meanwhile, live in such a way that you are a credit to the message of Christ. Let nothing in your conduct hang on whether I come or not. Your t- conduct must be the same whether I show up to these things for myself or hear it from a distance. Stand united, singular in vision, contending for people's trust in the message, the good news, not flinching or dodging in the slightest before the opposition. Your courage and, your, and unity will show them what they're up against. Defeat for them, victory for you, and both because of God. is that a powerful verse? I mean, I, seriously, I re, I, I'm reading this. I'm getting fired up. If we're unified and have courage, right? It says, it says that we're a credit to the message of Christ. Yeah. Isn't that something? Don't, don't you want to go to heaven and like God's like, well done, good and faithful servant. You did exactly what I told you to do. Oh yeah, that bake sale? I didn't tell you to do that. That was a good thing, not what I told you to do. I, I want to go to heaven and go, I, I, did I do what you asked me to do as a church? You know, and it says this awesome defeat for them, our opposition, the enemy, victory for us. Isn't that awesome that we have victory united um, as we're united and courageous? Um, let's go down to First Corinthians, verse fourteen, and it says this. Um, Paul continues, "I thank God that I did not baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius." For now, no one can say that uh, say they were baptized in my name. Oh yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanus, but I don't remember baptizing anyone else. For Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the good news, and not with clever speech, for fear that the cross of Christ would lose its power. And so here, Paul's kind of closing up his. Um, kind of, I guess, like I said, all right, scolding of, of divisions in the Corinthian church. And he's saying, you know what? I'm glad that I didn't baptize any of you. And he's not downgrading baptism. We're doing baptism today. Woo! You guys should be excited about baptism. Seriously, why? It's because it's a huge moment for that person getting baptized. That's a huge, huge moment. I, I almost kind of, it's like a marriage, right? I, I kind of liken it to a marriage where he's saying, I'm committed to God. Because when you commit yourself to Christ in your heart, all, that's, it's, all, it's just in your heart, right? Your repentance is inwardly, and you're going, ah, oh, I repent 
I repent to God and, and uh, I accept him as my, my Lord and Savior. And that's all inside here. When you baptize, you're announcing it to the world. And you're, you're saying to the world, I am a follower of Christ. I am his. He is mine. And in front of God, in front of those people, that's baptism is an incredible thing. So please go out there. When people get baptized, seriously cheer for them. But Paul here, he's not downgrading baptism. What he's saying is, it doesn't matter if I baptize you, right? Because that's what people were probably doing, right? So I was baptized by Paul. Well, I was baptized by Peter. He walked with Jesus. You know, they're, they're comparing as like who's better, whatever. They're trying to, the one up, you know, kind of thing. And, and Paul's like, I'm glad I didn't baptize any of you. You know, because um, he, he's pretty blatantly saying, it's not about me. And if you really, really think about it, if you look in the scriptures and in, in the gospels, Jesus actually didn't, he, he set the example. Jesus himself, how's this? Didn't bapt, hardly baptize anybody. It says in the scriptures in John, it says that Jesus himself didn't baptize them. His disciples did. Because the most important thing about baptism is, is why you're getting baptized and who for you're getting baptized. That's the thing about that. And Jesus knew that. Right? So you can't brag, oh, I, I was Wouldn't that be an incredible thing to be, ba brag about? I was baptized by Jesus. But you know what? We can all brag if you got baptized. I was baptized for Jesus. Yeah. That's why I was baptized. Um, there's another verse um, later on in 1 Corinthians. I want to read this. Proving Paul's point, he says in uh, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 6, he says, I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. Now, for us, it's like, it doesn't matter, right? I might go to Carl's service. I might go to Ralph's service. I'll, and you know what? It's okay if you like Ralph's style better than Carl. That's okay. But you got to know that it doesn't matter because it's God who makes it grow. Amen. Amen? It's the Holy Spirit that's moving this church as a whole, united as one, right? Not picking sides. He's saying it doesn't even matter. It's all about Jesus. And he goes on. Um, and I'm going to read verse 17, but I'm going to read the message version of it. Um, and verse 17 goes like this in the message version. He says, God didn't send me out to collect a following for myself, but to preach the message of what he has done. Collecting a following for him. He didn't send me to do it with a lot of fancy rhetoric of my own, lest the powerful action at the center Christ on the cross be trivialized into mere words. And I like that because he kind of brings in this like, I'm not collecting, right? For a lot of us in ministry, we can do that. Like, if you're a mini church shepherd, like, I can collect, I can grow the biggest mini church ever, you know? And I'm collecting for myself the followers of Tom, right? I, I've had leaders like that. I've, I've seen the kind of where it can be prideful, like, yep, yeah, look at my mini church, look at my flock, you know? It's God's flock. God has given you um, a, the, the privilege and honor to shepherd that flock, to steward that flock. You know, you're not gathering for pe people for yourself. And Paul just puts it just straight out. He's like, I collect people for Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. Amen? Amen. That we should be doing that. It's, it's really, it's not about us. It's always reflecting and going back to God's glory. And let me tell you from, from a person that's been in ministry for years, a person that has been prideful, a person that goes, look at me, look at my followers, look at Tom Tom's followers. Yeah, I, I've, I'll confess to you, I've had that before. It's so much better 
It's so much more gratifying. And seriously, it's just an incredible feeling when you point to Jesus instead. And you collect them, yeah, and you mentor them, and you invest in them, and then you, you do a disciple them. And they just love Jesus more than you. And that's, to me, that's so much more gratifying, so much more worth the gospel. Um, and Paul, he got that. I mean, he, he says it right here. He says, I, you know what? It's, it's, I don't want to lessen or trivialize the gospel. Paul knew that it was um, that Christ's message, the gospel, was way above style, delivery, and personality. And my challenge for us as a church, you know, I, I kind of think it's, to, to be honest with you, I think this is the Holy Spirit that we're teaching up upon this, that Ralph and Carl are gone, that you can hear from the staff's perspective. And I wanted to say this, even though I'm a staff member, I'm a member of this church. I'm a member of this church. I sit in these seats at the 1030 service, and I am a member. I'm a, I'm a proud member of Hope Chapel going, I love where this church is going is that our challenge is that we would learn where God wants us to be and what God wants us to do and what not to do. And what are the things that are good and what are the things that are God and let's do the God things. And that we move united. I mean, how many guys want to do the, the 3,001 like, race? <laughs> let's do this, right? Let's do a 3,000 and, and win Kanioi, Kailua, the east side, this state, this world. We are a global local church and we can do this. Um, and, and you know what, to be honest with you, I mean, uh, I'm telling you now, the staff is getting focused, and we're getting ready, getting ready for this transition. And I want to tell you guys, support Carl. Support Carl. Um, he has a big task ahead of him, and he is anointed for the job. I know he is. Um, and, and Pastor Ralph knows. Pastor Ralph is giving him his blessing. And we're not there yet. We're still in a little transition. But isn't it awesome that Pastor Carl has risen to the occasion? That it, somebody, Yeah. Yeah, if you're watching, Carl. <laughs> and I, I know I'm excited. Why? Not just because of Carl. I see, we'll see what God's doing in his life. I'm excited for what God is doing in his church Amen. and in his people and the miracles that are happening and us being generous. And it's just cool. It's like, oh, it's like we're getting united, you know, and it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. So I want to just close in prayer. You know what? I want to do something. I'm going to steal Rob's idea at the 7 o'clock. Why don't we stand up? And let's... Let's start this off. Let's start this 3,001-legged race by holding hands. <laughs> Actually, ushers, come on with the ropes. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> Let me pray for you guys. Lord Jesus, we come before you, Father God, and uh, as we clasp hands, united, Father God. Um, I want to just, at least for this service, just come before you in repentance, first of all if any of our attitudes have been of division, and whether it's following Ralph or Carl or anything else, if we had divisions with anybody else in this church, I mean, not just with the pastors, I pray that you would forgive us. Because, Lord, I, I pray that we be, get so focused on what you would want us to do. Lord, forgive us for, the, for doing the not-to-do lists. Lord, anoint us and empower us to do the God thing that you have told us to do, that you have anointed us to do, because lives are going to come, Lord. Open the gates wider, Lord, for, for more saved lives to come, for more people to love you, Lord, to be united in this team, this church, the church, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ that we are. I pray that we would do that. We would be that, Lord, that we be more united, that we move quicker, more effective for your cause, Lord Jesus, for the cause that is so great, God. 
So Lord, as you forgive us, Lord, I pray that you would just empower us, equip us, teach us how to put down our pride and our divisions and our egos and be one, united for one cause, you, Jesus Christ. We love you, Jesus' precious name. All right, I'm gonna say another prayer. If you here have not made a commitment to Jesus Christ, if you've never said to him, Jesus, I will follow you, I will follow you because I believe what you did on the cross for me. I believe that you died for me. You gave up your life, that three days later that you rose again, again from the grave from the, by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you've never come to Jesus in that way and told him you will be a Christian, you will be a born again Christian. I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. You're saying, I want to be a part of that team. I want to be a part about saving souls and lives. Well, then I, I, would, I would call you right now and just go, you know what, let's do it. Let's become a brother and sister in Christ. Become a part of this great team, this great church. But I want you to tell me that you're going to be praying with me if you want to become a Christian today, this morning. Just simply by raising your hand, I'm going to count to three, and all you got to do is just raise your hand. You're letting me know that you're making this commitment this morning. So here we go. One, two, three. If you want to make that commitment to Christ, just raise your hand. See one. I'm going to stand up a little higher. See two. Awesome. Anybody else? Anybody else? Awesome. Greatest decision you ever make in your life. That's awesome that people are committing themselves to Christ right now. Anybody else? Awesome. Put those hands down. And just say this prayer like it's your own. Lord Jesus, I come before you and I want to say, I am so sorry. I come before you in repentance and say, I give up my life for you. I follow you. Forgive me of my sin, my wrongdoing. Lord, thank you for the blood of Christ that did that. I believe that you died on the cross for me. I believe that, to, that you would free me of my sins, that your blood cleansed me of all sins, Lord Jesus. I, I believe that you rose again from the grave three days later by the wonderful power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I want to get baptized. And maybe today I will, but I want to commit you. I repent to you right now. And I, I say, I am a follower of Christ. In Jesus' precious name, we all say, amen. Let's give those people a hand. If you ask Jesus into your heart this morning, we want to get you a Bible. We want to hook you up with everything.